Hello, this is Alora Chestikoff from Firebird Summit, and welcome to the current episode of Grow or Die with me and Lawrence Henderson, taking on business, personal development, professional development, and career and leadership topics that come up and trying to see if we can have a great conversation. Each episode is released on a weekly basis, and we welcome you to join us in real time. Find the information on our site. Welcome to the conversation. Okie doke. Well, welcome to this week of Grow or Die. I am Laura Chestikoff from Firebird Summit. Hey, Lawrence. Hey, hey, hey. It's good to be back. Oh, yes, indeedy. Always good to see your face. You make me way happier. You help me with my energy level. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do as coaches, ain't it? It is. It is. And sometimes coaches need coaches too. So. Yeah, buddy. Yep. So, okay. So obviously last week we had a good conversation with Shana around, you know, what, what kind of things to do, especially at work when you're trying to help your staff and your team mm -hmm. deal with this weird situation we find ourselves in. So now we're back to our mix mystery box. So mm -hmm. today is my turn to pick a topic for you. And so in the spirit of our current zombie apocalypse, my topic for you today is managing your own anxiety. So obviously right now is the weirdest time probably most of us have ever experienced. It is. Um, and you know, you, we, you and I were just talking, it's, it's especially difficult because we don't know how long it's going to go on because, you know, some people, you know, there's a lot of talk right now, but people suddenly working from home and that's yeah. great if you have a job that allows you to work from home. Yeah. But you know, you and I both know people who can't work from home, like right, simply right. cannot, they have a job that is a physical on-premise job. Yeah. And we know plenty of other people whose companies have just simply shut down. I think freelancers, yeah. creatives, you know, people who are really more gig economy driven are mm -hmm. in, in dire straits right now already. And the real, I mean, the real bummer of it is, is that any kind of stimulus package that, that Congress passes is going to be likely more targeted at businesses, maybe landlords and kind of, you know, exactly. home management, but people who are living off the gig economy are, are yeah. very unlikely to get relief in this. And that is scary. And that is yeah. nerving and it's causing a scramble. So yeah. right now, you know, like I, I, I've been saying, I go back and forth between no, just breathe, just breathe. No reason to panic yet. No reason to panic yet. Mm -hmm. And actually being able to be calm. But you know, I've, I've been definitely taxing some of my yeah. well-trained um, anxiety management tactics. So Here you go. my question for you, you know, yeah. and, and this is where I love your military background, right? And in yeah. your talk, you specifically <laughs> talk about that moment of panic where you, you know, yeah you have to talk yourself through it. So yeah. that's what I, that's what I want to hear when you're, sure. when you're panicking and, and you know, I, you know, I think the thing is, right. Panicking doesn't actually help you. Panic no. will not help you do yeah. anything productive, much less feel better in the moment. For so sure. I love, I mean, there's for whatever else, I think, you know, anyone ever wants to say pros and cons about the military, they, they teach you what you need to, the steps to go through to exactly. help keep you from panicking. So let's exactly. yeah. hear your perspective on that today. So, so my, my F in me and my E N F 
Jay will won't allow me to move away from acknowledging that whatever you're feeling, it's real for you. And I want to acknowledge that. But what I want to talk about where the E and the J and all that starts battling with me is sifting through what's real from a perception. And what happens in the Allura ones, one of the things you alluded to is your brain, if you allow it, because we're naturally creative, you can come up with all these scenarios. And I love, I love what happened the other night. My wife is the what if queen. She is, what if this, what if that? And she literally like wanted me to listen to her doomsday scenario around money, around this, that, and other. And, and it came down to, then we're still fine. We're still good. And, and what I would say to people during this time, look, it's real for you, but breathe. Pause. Well, I don't got time to pause. You have 30 seconds. Everyone has 30 seconds to just put things in their proper perspective. Do you still have a place to live? Yes. Do you have family that is well? Do people you can reach out to? If there's yeses, noes, maybes, figure all of that out because there are some things in the pause you have to begin to play chest. Chess, not chest chess <laughs> with yourself of okay what's the next move not checkers right not the king me and this stimulus package like i thank you for bringing that up because please understand two trillion dollars one trillion dollars that is not coming to the people the the big majority of that money are going to organizations corporations banks financial institutions that's where that money is going when you think about the number of two trillion and then you think about the messaging that you may get as a married couple twenty four hundred dollars mm -hmm. not monthly one time maybe twice if they maybe, push hard enough yeah if at they most. push hard, at most right yeah. So you again, let's let's max it out for you, right? You got forty eight hundred dollars at a, as a married couple. Now, if you're single, again, I was gonna say those of us who aren't married get half that if we're lucky. Half of that, and then you get five hundred per kid, right? So put that in perspective for yourself, right? So don't even think about that. Don't if it happens, it's extra, yep. right? And so in this moment. You have to cipher, okay, what's in front of me? And then what do I have to overcome, right? And, and I think that's the, when you, to bring in my military background, and that's the process in which purpose, vision, direction. Okay, I still need to live. That's a purpose. What is that vision? What does that look like over in the foreseeable future? Based on estimations, indications, what might be factual, real, fake, whatever, I need to make it at least to mid-April, right? If, you, if you're if you doomsday person, I need to make it to May. Backwards plan from May, what's real in your life? And that's where you bring up your bank statements. That's where you bring up all your, and I love you because you're a preparer. You know without a shadow of a doubt, this is how much I have. This is, this is me in a tight market 
tight budgeting, this will get me here. If you haven't done that already, start there. Baby yep. girl, baby boy, you need to start there, right? And then the direction that you need to take because <clears throat> what's happening now, and I love people like us coaches and learning and development professionals and, <clears throat> excuse me, all the rest of us, don't become a person that's just now turning this digital world into a dumping ground of stuff, hoping something hits for you. Yeah. Don't do that because what's going to happen is, you're going to make people sift through whether you're the one or not. Just focus on being good at what you're good at and it'll all work itself out. And um, I can't, I can't say that enough. Can't say that enough. So I love, I love that your wife pushed you to kind of go through the extreme. I actually did that with, with, um, with a client earlier today. You know, I think, and this is one of those things that we do in, you know, training to be a coach is, you know, it's really easy, I think, to start panicking about your worst case scenario. Um, and as we, as we see over and over and over again, if you actually put language to it and you describe what is my worst case scenario and you talk, talk it through, it is almost never as bad as you think it's going to be. When it's this big, nebulous, scary, amorphous, undefined things sitting out there like your personal boogeyman it's terrifying the moment you start getting tactical and saying okay look worst case scenario yeah i might lose my apartment okay absolutely that's totally within the realm of possibility so if that happens then what do i have yeah i do i have some yeah i have some place i can go if that doesn't work out do i have a backup like i mean and so I, I did the same thing that your wife did was, okay, yeah. what, what are the worst case scenarios? You know I mean? Yeah. For, for me, the thing that, that is the hardest to kind of figure out a contingency plan around is that mm-hmm. I've spent 20 years working in retail, hospitality, and travel. So yeah. right now, all of my clients, half of my clients have completely closed their doors already and won't be reopening. Yeah. We already know that. Yeah. Others are, are in hiring freezes. Others have locked down all outside partnerships and all projects, projects came to a screeching halt right away. So, you know, watching that and knowing that, you know, my network, I log into LinkedIn right now and God, my, you know, my personal network kind of looks like a front row seat to a bloodbath because it's, there's nothing happening right now. People are closing doors and especially coming from, you know, a tech startup world, Yeah, niche startups that were servicing the hospitality market, the retail market, which is the majority of people I know and companies that I work with, a lot of them are done. They're done now. They're not going to not be done. I mean, it's not a question of will we survive? They're already done. Doors closed. It's over. So having said that, I, I did absolutely, you know, and, and total transparency, of course, like I've had at least three or four times in the past few days of like, holy shit, I'm going to be living in my parents' guest bedroom in California. Holy crap. But you know what? That is my worst case scenario. And that sure. it really is. But I love my parents. My, so, you know, unlike a lot of people, like my parents don't make me crazy. So exactly. like if I have to pack up all my stuff and schlep to California, we I even mapped out like, okay, if I have to get from, from Miami to Northern California, like I actually have places to stay in almost every place I need to get there to get across the country. And it was actually, you know, it was morbid as it kind of sounds. It did actually make me feel better to be like, okay, 
this is, this is what I've got. This is how long I can go before I need to, you know, pull that particular trigger, but it's not, you know, there is no, there's no like truly dire. I'm not going to be living in my car. Yeah. And that I think was the thing that I had to talk myself through to avoid panicking. Thank you. And, and I love what you did, right? Because you didn't think in the vacuum of you, you thought about who else exists as my network of family, friends, that even in the worst case scenario, you still have family, you still have friends, you still have a network that you could do life with. And I think more than anything, what this, what this did for us was really help us begin to evaluate community. Mm-hmm. And in those moments of fear, in those moments of doubt, feeling anxious for things you can't even see, right? And, and, and again, we're going with glass, like the most pessimistic glass have empty scenarios in this thing where it's taking people out of character to think this way and to feel this way. And again, understanding that the immediate need, do not want to discount whatsoever a real emotion that someone is having around this this pandemic. But, okay, when's enough going to be enough? Are you going to panic yourself into an empty bank account? Are you going to panic yourself? And paralysis, right? Because you can, we talk about analysis paralysis, but this is easily panic analysis, panic paralysis. Easy, and and we know those people. And Mm -hmm. we know people who want to create groups around this paralysis just to fester in it. And I want zero parts of that. Yeah, because if we're ever going to see the better parts of our society and the economy and our, that's my home yeah. is going to be better as a result of this, because it's making us look at each other, have real conversations about getting out of my space. What does my space look like? Define boundaries, manage expectations. Like all these great things are happening yeah. because of something that starts in anxiety. And again, we're all processing this differently, but the most beautiful part about it all we're going through it at the same time so it's i love that i love that point as well because um you know this and it's so you know i'm obviously i'm new to miami right so one of the things that has been and and many of my friends have been super worried about oh my god you're in a new city you're by yourself you you know hardly know anybody and you know i am in a new relationship that feel doesn't feel like a new relationship honestly um but that's actually one of the things i keep coming back to is that yeah I am so glad that I am not totally isolated because as a rule, like I've kind of historically sort of put myself in that position and it just, it just worked out timing wise that this time, you know, I, I wasn't. And that is enormously gratifying, especially once, you know, I start looking at, and this comes back to kind of my, my strengths view of things, right? He's mm-hmm. good at completely different things than I am. Like for us to be able to like, you know, hunker down and figure out like, all right, if we really, if this is really going to get worse before it gets better and we don't have a line of sight on things, how do we divide and conquer what he's good at, what I'm good at, you know, where I have a, I have a great friend who, when he first went into AA many years ago, had a sponsor who told him that, you know, the key to a good relationship is that you both can't be crazy on the same day. Which, which I love for a hundred reasons, but part of what I love about that is it's not just, you know, 
a crazy day. It's a panic day or it's a super yeah. emotional day or it's anything else. Right. And to be able to balance that and say, okay, you know what? Like I, you know, I, I had a, I had a, I had a moment where I was like, oh my God, I moved to a yeah. new city at the wrong time. Yeah. I, I spent too much moving. I, I could have gotten, you know, a, a less expensive place to live or I didn't have to buy a car. Like I was could have would have shitting myself like all over the place. Yeah. And that's yeah. so hard to pull out of. And, yeah. and to have, you know, somebody listen to you and be like, it's not, I, I, I get that you, you know, like to think mm -hmm. you know all this stuff in advance. There's no way you <laughs> would have known back in December that yep. this is what March was going to look like. For you know, sure. you only made certain decisions based on business and client commitments and these other things. Yeah. You had no way of knowing that the rug yeah. was going to get pulled out from under everybody. So like, for sure. And, and, yeah. and so having somebody like close at hand, that's super, again, yeah. historically, because I've, I'm, I usually sort of orient myself around a single lifestyle. <laughs> like that's not something I'm in the habit of having that mm -hmm. close. So it's been a sanity saver. Plus, yeah. you know, there's, again, to your point about the network, right? Yep. And your friends. I have, I swear to God, I'm in, so in love with Zoom these days. And it's like, when I went through my personal financial inventory of what things mm -hmm. can I cut, what things do I need, yeah. how do I manage, you know, my money and what I've got and, mm -hmm. and break that stuff down. Zoom was one of the most important things for me to keep because oh, I, sure. I get on calls like four or five times a day with people, you know, and a lot of the people that I know have worked from home for a long time, but yeah. they, you know, the, the, the trick to, for most of us for working from home is that at the end of the day, we go out or we go to the gym or we get out of the mm -hmm. house. And since they can't do it anymore, you know, we're kind of all going stir crazy and sure. to be able to get on video and be like, yeah, today yeah. sucked. Or, you know, my, yep. my spouse is making me crazy or, you know, they, the, the neighbors, you know, got into a fight and we're sitting here listening to them all night. Like, you know, just to be able to talk to people is sometimes yeah. Again, you know, especially if you're in a city, you know, like Miami lockdown last night. So we're, we're yeah. in stay at home mode, um, you know, and so especially when you're in a place like that and, you know, apartment living, when your neighbors are like pissing each other off, oh man, I've been listening to so many arguments Wow. <laughs> and, you know, and you can't escape it. Like it's not, yeah. there's nowhere to go. You're, you're just a hostage in your own home in that regard. Sure. And it's very, it's, it's just a big adjustment. So yeah, like yeah. three times today. I've just gotten, you know, I was, I was on Slack. I'm wow. like, you know, you have, yeah. you have time. And of course it's funny. Cause normally we say, do you have time? Now everybody has time. It's like, but are you near your computer? Can like, let's just, can, let's exactly. just I just want to talk. Like I just want to, and I want to see somebody while I do yeah. it. And it's amazing that, um, I was looking at something the other day and it was, it, it was funny. It had a meme. So here in Atlanta, the mayor basically said not only essential personnel move, right. They, they took a Miami approach to to trying to slow in this thing or flatten the curve as they're saying um but the funny thing is it was you know a picture of somebody everybody in front of a computer or in the house with their devices but the belt nine that runs through the middle of atlanta looks like i-285 bumper to bumper traffic now like people are outdoors people like everybody's like wanting to get outside because you made me stay inside now i want to be inside so i'm gonna be outside and so it's it's this crazy dynamic that's happened but while, while you were going earlier one of the biggest things that i thought about and and coach me um in this moment begins to 
not only the mirroring and the acknowledgement and validation of what people are, are navigating through, and you brought up something very, very key for people who are single, people who are, you know, the single parent that's having to now to navigate this world with their children in their face 100% of the time now while doing schoolwork. If the school school district actually has the means to help them do anything digitally. Um, and But acknowledging and validating why we as a profession of coaches are so important and not just the sake that you're saying you're a coach because there's no, there's no experience that I've had up to this point where I could have given you any advice that would have been beneficial for you. Right. And that would have, I don't even believe that would have even come off lacking judgment on your part. It would be very assumptive in the way that it came out. It would be very, it will, if you do this, 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 and this, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll be, be fine. fine. Right. Because like you said, in December, in November, when I handed in my resignation, I wasn't thinking pandemic <laughs> in March. No, exactly. If you if you had, you wouldn't have handed in your notice when I, you did. I would be gutting it out, right? And like you said, and you brought up industries. People don't understand. Where do you think this stuff gets packaged? Yep. This stuff, like people do, like I didn't even know manufacturing, particularly packaging, was a industry. Yeah. Until know, you got into it. Until I got, I thought General Mills bagged their own cereal. They, I thought they made their own bags in-house, the boxes in-house. No, there are companies out there. And the crazy thing enough, the company I just left, they're huge in snacks. So when, as we're doing this, don't be six feet from people, They their orders have gone up. Yeah. Like, because people are snatching stuff off the shelves. Yeah. So, so all the things, like everybody trying to eat healthy, and you can't find a bag of Frito-Lays anywhere. No. Like, <laughs> I know that my the wall the Walgreens on my corner is like wiped out of every every single like small grab bag of oh chips, cookies, crackers, everything gone. Yeah, but that environment is that job can't be done remote. Yeah, there's only so many so like there's only so many robots that you could build until you got to do that type of manufacturing. And again, what this does for a lot of organizations, yes, it presents an opportunity on how do you do business better, but also are you collecting that data of what if next time, right? What are our contingency plans? What do they look like? Because again, just like 2008, 2009, when the economy crashed on everybody, some companies got good, some companies got efficient, but all this dude, all this did was present you now with another opportunity to lead better, to manage better. And I, again, in this environment, both are necessary. Yep. Leaders and making sure you have manageable processes in place to actually get you to that next level. Because again, everybody is needed in this in this moment to band together, to team together. And, and I want to say one more thing about networks. Mm -hmm. Now is not the time to try to build a network and try to flip that into something for yourself. That, I, and it, it's so, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. So, yeah. you know, ironically, when when 2008 happened, actually Lehman Brothers collapsed on the day I left New York City for Austin. I think we talked about this yeah. previous week, right? So my first, my the beginning of my time in Austin where I lived for a decade was that, it was that crash. 
And yeah. I remember getting there and, um, you know, I got there just after huge layoffs had come through town, Dell, Apple, like there had been massive, wow. massive tech layoffs. And so the tech community was just starting to organize. And a lot of it was trying to help. It was, it was kind of the early side of the gig economy. So a lot of people mm -hmm. were like trying to build like apps to put in the app store, like little things that they could do. Well, they still had a little bit of a severance to try to see if they could, you know, build some revenue and things like that. And it was really interesting because I'd really forgotten about this until the last week when I was kind of watching how some of these things were unfolding is that the, you know, Austin now has a very robust tech entrepreneurial startup community. There's a lot of infrastructure that they've built. All of that was built out of necessity. Yeah out of the 2008 and 2009 collapse. The big, yeah. the big things that are there, particularly things like Capital Factory, which is now really taken root as kind of the gravity well for the entrepreneurial scene in Austin. Yeah. That was, that was, that came out of that specific situation. And so, so there is, I think, a lot of place where lessons are great. Because the other thing about this is, this is not going to be the last pandemic we have. There are a lot of environmental reasons. And I watched a great TED Talk on sort of where some of this originated and why we should really consider that this is not, this is not going to be the last one of these that we deal with. Yeah. And it changes a lot of things, right? So to your point yeah. about some jobs simply cannot be done. And, and again, from a knowledge worker perspective, we've been talking a lot for the past couple of weeks about yeah. working from home and making that transition and don't yeah. let everybody drive you crazy. And you know, how do you manage that? Which is useful. And for plenty of people, that is the reality, but yeah. you know, to, to the guys that you worked with in manufacturing yeah. is impossible. My boyfriend's in construction. They're still working. They're in a small residential project so they can actually maintain social exactly. distancing exactly. because it's not, it's not a huge deal or it's not a huge space, but mm -hmm. they're still working and nobody's going to get construction done working from home. It's exactly. not going to work that way. And exactly. so there's tons of stuff that is simply not manageable any other way, which comes yeah. back to like, how do you, how do you lead and how do you manage your own anxiety? Because yeah. it is a totally scary time. One of the things that's been really awesome to watch is um, my boyfriend's boss is, you know, general contractor, and mm -hmm. he has been doing everything he can to keep his team working. And it's been really awesome to watch because he's been, he's been doing everything he can. He had, they had a few jobs that were, were getting ready to get started, not all of which are going to happen on time, but like watching him really take his commitment to his team so seriously and yeah. really do everything he possibly can to make sure that they're working, that they have the that's materials awesome. they need. Like to me, that's what I want to see more of. And that for one, sure. you know, and I think it's, it's sometimes hard for those of us who work in a virtual world because it's difficult to show that or difficult to see yeah. some of that. Um, and I was seeing on LinkedIn earlier today that a couple of the CEOs of some mid-sized tech companies uh, were talking about some of the things they're doing to help with morale on their team, mm -hmm. you know, people working from home and stuff. And one of the CEOs in particular, she's a CEO of a tech company in Austin, said that, you know, she's she on, on video calls, she started asking, you know, her employees when she talks to them, you know, about, you know, to introduce their kids and the dog and, you know, to yeah. show me the art on the wall behind you and like to yeah. try to, to try to help people feel connected, sure. um, which I think is, is the best we can probably do in a lot of ways right For now. Sure. And For I think sure. that's, that's really, um, that's really valuable to see. And it's, yeah. it's a good reminder. Cause I think it's easy to, to forget about some of that stuff. Yeah. And I, and, uh, and that's a great point to, to lead with the heart. And, and not the head it's so easy because we're we've been you know 
every job description says, are you a result oriented, you know, person and all this other stuff where now it's like, let me check in with the heart first. Let me see how the person's doing. And then I'll ask about the project. Let me ask. And, and again, I love the, this, the uh, Instagram post of mom at the table with her laptop and seeing the kid, one kid on a cell phone, another kid on a tablet, if they have that as a capacity, um, or the sharing of the laptops and the different things like that. Because again, my wife as an educator in serving disadvantaged youth, they're not, they don't have multiple laptops. Yeah. If they and have so one, they're lucky. If they have one, and it, it was like one family, somebody we know that we, we uh, go to church with, her didn't even think that the whole family's home and her husband's job they don't provide them work laptops so the one laptop that they had at the house he was using for work kids still got to go to two multiple kids different grade levels and they like literally dad like eight hours i need this laptop and so just us as a community if you have electronics lying around, yeah. have you asked, and, and we're talking about managing anxiety, get, okay, take your time, take your moment. Okay, what's next? How else can I help somebody else feel better about what's going on? And, and it, I think that's been the, the best part of seeing it for me is, okay, everybody took their moment. Everybody took Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, might have took last week. They just might have took all last week to process what was happening. Mm -hmm. But now that we're into Wednesday of the second week of this, how are you now going to be better for those around you? So I love there are two things that you just touched on that I think are hugely valuable, right? So again, coming from a tech world, right? I know. I know guys who have been stockpiling hardware and they collect everybody's <laughs> old broken devices because at some point they're going to fix them or not or whatever. Yep. And the thing is, is that a lot of those devices are usable. So I would say the yep. first thing is, and, and I did this from a more like, you know, financial perspective is mm-hmm. first thing, take inventory. What do yep. you have? You, it, you could underestimate it. Hell, I had a, yep. a big old huge bag of like lentils and black beans in the bottom drawer. I forgot I had those. Great. So that's two things I don't need to go grow. I don't need to try to, you know, wrestle out of the exactly. grocery store with empty right now. Right. Yep. So do an inventory. Do you there have you devices, extra tablets? How many of us have old? I keep old phones just to save even though I don't have a SIM card, but you can connect them to a network if you have a Wi-Fi. So what do you have that you can actually help make available to somebody Mm -hmm. who needs it? And then how do you actually pull together your own list of things? So again, you know, back to taking your own inventory. One of the first things I had to do to kind of get my head around stuff Mm -hmm. is what are my bills every single month and what can I cut? What's important? What do um what am I willing to hold on to now? But exactly. I might be willing to let go of if this goes on too long. And then what just is not important right now? Just lock yep. it off as quickly as possible. And and doing that is also I think one of those things that makes that made me feel better because it made me super clear that I know where I stand and understand kind of what what my runway sort of looks like while yeah. we sort of figure out the rest of these things. And I think that comes back to that articulating your worst case scenario, right? It, yeah. it does not usually help to be unclear yeah. about 
how bad or what the, what the fuzzy thing is. And, and while you want to update that as new information comes out, the truth is the clearer you can be with yourself about what this looks like, what you know yeah. you have at your disposal, what you know you need, how long you can make it last, all of those things becomes a lot easier to manage. Yeah. Great. This is what I have to, this is what has to happen. If it doesn't, then this is what I'm going to do. And, and to be able to have that clarity, I think is, is sometimes, sometimes the only thing we can do. We don't know how long this is going to last. We don't Not know at, at what point, and we don't know what is really going to emerge on the other side and how it's going to look. Like I said, you yeah. know, Man. for, for, for industries, like I, I have so many clients that just simply have already just permanently closed. Like the people that worked at those companies know as of today, they do not have a job. It will not exist. It does not exist anymore now. So wow. they're scrambling for health insurance. They're scrambling for all kinds of things. They yeah. have to come up with the next plan and trying to come up with the next plan when, you know, there's no clarity on what this is going to look like is for truly sure. scary. So I, for me, that managing anxiety piece comes back to what can I actually do? There you go. And then once I've done what I can do, what do I do with the rest of my time and my energy and my brain space? And some exactly. of it is that connection with other people. For sure. And, you know, some of it's meditating, some of it's, you know, trying to, yeah. I do jumping jacks until I can't get, especially now that I can't, I can't go anywhere, right? Just yeah. what, what can I do? You know, phone, you know, find an app on your phone that you can do an in, in, in home workout so that you for can sure. try to exhaust yourself or. For sure. Yeah. Whatever. And one, one thing that I, that's been popping up a lot. And again, it shows you the power of people and connection and community is that there are free offerings popping up all over the place. Um, but again, you brought up early on about how you were in a certain industry for a good majority of your professional career. And this is the time if you were thinking about switching, about dabbling in something that you had as a hobby. And now, thinking about 2009, think about the tech companies that got created out of 2009 and 2008 happening. I mean, you got Uber, you got- Zoom, Slack, Zoom, all Slack. kinds of, exactly. Yeah, I mean, all you got Pinterest, companies. all yep. of these companies happened during that time. Yep. You could be next. Right. Like, like, why not you, right? And, that, and to me, thinking in that way helps you raise the lid on your energy and put you in a good headspace of what's the first next step that I could take to make things become a more of a reality for me and more palatable for me on a daily basis. So it's funny you say that. So um, I was meeting with my coach this mm -hmm. week and one nice. of the things that, that we were talking about, he's like, you know, or he goes, what, what's striking me is, you know, what was, what was your original intent when you started coaching? And I said, well, originally my plan was to work with women over 40 who were ready to burn their life down and go do something else. He's like, okay, well, and why, why did you pivot away from that? I said, because most people are so attached to what they have that they're not, they like the idea of burning their life down. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's a lot harder to do than they're necessarily willing to in the moment. And, and so it's super difficult. And he said, okay, what about now? I said, well, shit, circumstances just burned everything down for him. So now guess what? And it was funny because he said that and I just kind of cracked up because that's actually what happened to me in 2008. Like exactly the same thing. I had no choice but to, you know, start over yeah. because 
I did find myself in a brand new city with no local network in the middle of the last financial collapse. And all of a sudden I was at ground zero starting over. And it was like, and I, it was almost, that's when I started realizing how much I now take for granted really grew out of that time, which, you know, isn't to sugarcoat it, you know, it's going to suck for on a lot of fronts in the short term. But the truth is, without sounding like a Pollyanna, out of great chaos is always great opportunity. And, 100%. And, and sometimes the only thing you can do is take a breath, yeah. mind yourself that today can suck, but there are options that will crop up if yeah. you stay open to them and if you keep talking to people. I think that's the other thing that... Yeah. Um, that you know you mentioned that I think is super important and obviously we're doing it we're doing it with each one of us is doing it with other partners as well you know we start talking to somebody and brainstorming and it's just okay what are what are ideas what what are what are business ideas that we have the right skill set for that makes sense if you know if the if we end up in a you know massive recession that lasts and these industries don't recover right away or you know and and sometimes that even if you don't necessarily move on it sometimes that alone is enough to start feeling like you can you can navigate the yeah. uncertainty better and sure. understand how to manage it. Yeah, I think that's a that's a perfect segue into an infomercial on the offering that you have. Awesome. Oh, oh on mine. I was gonna talk about I wasn't talking about our joint one. Okay, so so we'll start with mine and then we okay. go and then we okay. go to the one we're partnering on. Yeah. Yes. So yes, thank you. Uh, so actually <laughs> I am starting to do some group coaching sessions. We're gonna do three three sessions. Um, I'll do a series of them. The first one will start next uh, next week and it's uh, three three sessions over three weeks, $129. And it's really group coaching. We'll focus on on kind of the the basics, right? How do you how do you stop panicking? How do you kind of get your arms around where you're at, what you're doing? Really then the second session will be focused on your values. How do you take, you know, what it is that matters to you, especially especially if if your perspective is changing. You know, I think a lot of yeah. people think about their values as this static thing. And the truth is, in my experience, they're not. You know, I, I know very much that at 45, my values are very, not radically different, but they have shifted. And there's some important nuances for what they are today from what they were when I was 25. And, and, and really acknowledging those has been super, super meaningful to me because it's changed how I spend my time, how I focus on certain things. And so that's session two. And then the, the third session we're going to do is really around pulling together an action plan. Nice. So I'm going to be doing a series of these. It's on my website, firebirdsummit.com. You can find all yeah. the information there. Um, but it's definitely something that, you know, that's super, super meaningful to me, particularly as I have reminded myself or had other people remind me that, yeah, 2008 and 2009, those, those suck pretty hard. But yeah. the truth is, it, it was, in hindsight, an opportunity for a lot of people I know to make some big changes that now they're grateful they had the chance to make. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to minimize any of the current anxiety, but the truth is for some people now really will be the time they can rip off the bandaid and make some, make some pivots. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's a, you, you know, they, people have spent $129 in the 14 grocery runs that they've made <laughs> oh, in the past three days. So, so that is, and you get, 
awesome coaching group coaching with with such an awesome coach um and our partnership on connecting the dots is kicking off next friday and it's going to be every friday through the month of april um at the that the god awful cheap price of 75 dollars per session and you actually get three experts each session and what we're going to be talking about and starting first with something laura we've alluded to in this conversation is um suspending judgment you know, through what's next. And so as we're navigating this new world, this new reality for everybody, this new normal, what does that look like not judging yourself and in, in how you showed up for your family, right? It, during this time, how you showed up for yourself. And so we're starting with that session. We're gonna navigate through some other leadership principles and manager as coach um, and just some awesome, awesome sessions that I can't wait to see you rock the mic um, in that session with those other leaders and just that interplay of energy um, and expertise um, and just gonna be action-packed and people are going to be changed, I believe, when they take your the advice, take the notes and just really come to do work. That's really what it's about. Coaching is about the client coming in prepared. Yep. There's some anxiety around why I'm here, but when you come in ready to do work, beautiful things happen. So I'm super excited about Connecting the Dots 2020 um, and you, you saying yes, um, along with the other speakers is going to make this such an awesome event. So. Well, super and again, you know what, that. to me, I think that what, what you're doing with connecting the dots is, is sort of the perfect example, right? At first yeah. it was, well, this is a bummer. We can't do the event like you did last year. Yeah. And then it was, well, no, but now we can do it in a completely different way. Right. right. I mean, last right. year you did it and you had, but it was an afternoon. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in a room. Everybody had to be in Atlanta to be able to yep. do it together, which obviously there are advantages to that. And it's nice exactly. to be able to have that FaceTime. But the moment we, you know, you kind of opened it up, put it online. Yep. Now you, you're able to have, you know, participants and other exactly. coaches and leaders join who aren't in Atlanta. Exactly. And now we can, we can extend the offering. So exactly. again, I think it's kind of like the perfect microcosm of the potential in this. Yeah. Yes, there is the bummer of, of having to let go of what it was, but sometimes that's the only way you figure out what's next. Created a new normal. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, my friend, thank you. It's been awesome talking to you as thank always. You. As always. Alrighty. In that case, everyone, I hope you have a safe and productive week, whatever that looks like. Remember to breathe and remember again, more than anything else, that as much as people might drive you crazy, remember that you love who you love for a reason. And, and when this is all <laughs> over, they're the ones we're coming through it with. Exactly. Have All a great one, Laura. You too, Lawrence. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me and Lawrence in this week's episode of Grow or Die. Tune in next week where we take on our next topic. Have a great week.